Welcome into a special edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Dave Lackford. Dave, how are you doing? Doing good. And a special guest, National Basketball, what's your title, Bossy? <laughs> National Director? National Basketball Analyst. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't throw in director like Farrell? No. <laughs> National no. Recruiting Analyst, Eric Bossy. We're here to talk about uh, the documentary on HBO last night, The Scheme. Uh, we're going to talk with Bossy about that and ask some questions, stuff like that. But before, let's talk real fast. Uh, the NCAA extended the dead period through May 31st. Really killing, killing basketball. It's a huge period for basketball, right? Because guys were supposed to be taking visits and stuff and wrapping it up. Yeah, visits, um, you know, spring visits for late signees or for all these grad transfers and transfers now that everyone's so hot on, you know, we're hoping to take visits. And then also you've got the two live evaluation periods where guys who go out and watch players with their AAU teams um, the last two weekends in April. But I don't think anyone was expecting those to happen anyway. And I mean, um, I'll be pretty surprised if we even have July recruiting at the, at the rate we're going. So what's going to happen with these transfers? I mean, are there going to be some kids who end up going back where they came from or get lost um, in the or what? There may be a few guys who go back where they came from. There's going to be, absolutely going to be some guys who are left out with nowhere to go because some schools are going to be like, all right, you're out of here. We need to fill your spots and they may not be able to find somewhere, but basically they're going to be making their decisions based on stuff like this. They're going to be getting on zoom or FaceTime and, you know, doing virtual tours of places and, and calling up anyone they know who may have gone there or have experience with the coaches and making their decision that way versus getting to actually meet these guys in person. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Thank God for the transfer portal. Yeah. Well, it's actually – I'm surprised to see so many basketball guys still jumping in because I think a lot of football guys that would be transferring aren't because, A, they didn't have spring practice to find out that they were falling down the depth chart, and, and B, they can't – like you said, they can't visit. They don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, you know, I think um, a lot of these guys, especially with the grad transfers, they want that chance to prove that they can play at the highest level. And – you know, maybe get a taste of the good life. <laughs> They've been at these low major and mid-major programs with maybe limited budgets and travel difficulties and things like that. And they want to go kind of have, you know, the big budget programs and things like that. And also, um, you know, for some of these guys who just frankly like the attention of it all because they never got it. They never got it the first time around and they want to kind of soak it all in. And I can't, I can't be mad at them. You know, they, they did their thing. They gave you their four years. You know, I'm not a, I'm not one of those guys who cries about transfers or thinks it's a big deal when guys transfer. I feel like they should be able to play wherever they want. So, you know, if they want to use the system and maybe enjoy some attention out of it, I'm all for it. I mean, we're here to write about these guys and they're pretty friendly to us doing stories on them. So I'm not going to criticize them to make my job easier and people like reading about it. And, you know, we're here to get people to read articles. So, you know, what, what's more power the to them. What about some of these schools? Like I saw Wichita. How many transfers has Wichita State had? Yeah, so they've had by far the wildest spring of anyone. Um, they've had seven scholarship players and one walk-on transfer, so eight transfers total. They had one kid signed from the spring. Last weekend, they had four kids commit in 24 hours. And the guy who was signed originally from, from the fall, Jaden Michael, who actually reclassified from 2021 to 2020 to go there, asked out of his uh, letter of intent. So they had, you know, replaced five of eight, but now they're back to only um, four of eight being replaced so far. 
It's crazy. If there were seven guys, even that transferred out of 85 on a football team, there would be just the hand wringing on Twitter would be insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here locally um, in Kansas City. So between the Kansas fans and the Kansas State fans, there's some bad blood with the Wichita State fans. And, you know, the, the KU and K-State fans have certainly been talking some trash. And, you know, of course, Wichita State fans say it's all the players' fault and things like that. You know, as any fan base goes, if you're against that school, it's the school's fault. If you're for that school, it's the kid's fault, you know. But it's certainly been a pretty wild deal, and I've never seen seven guys choose to leave that quickly out of 13. Um, but there's no – I don't know. Is there some, Did something happen that set it off, or is it just um, – Who knows? You know, one of, the, one of the guys who left, Eric Stevenson, who's going to Washington, was pretty vocal and pretty critical of Greg Marshall and the staff. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think anyone could possibly watch – Greg Marshall coach and not know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? Like I don't have much sympathy for guys who go somewhere and get mad because a coach yelled at him. Well, you know, you watch this guy yell at people on TV or, you know, you watch this guy coach a certain way. Like what, what was the surprise to you? So it's just, just a weird deal, but you know, they've, they've had some transfers there. I, I think something like this happens again next year, then yeah, absolutely. There's going to be some cause for concern and certainly it's eyebrow raising, but it's also just as eyebrow raising to me that they've been able to fill some of these spots with pretty decent players as quickly as they have. You know, it's clearly some kids don't care. You know, they can't take visits. They can't do this. And clearly they don't care why these guys left. They're just excited. Like, Oh wow. Well, Wichita state might have some playing time. So I'm going to go there. Right. It's so funny. Like what people think goes through the kid's head and what actually does like, I mean, uh, we're doing a commitment. Uh, tomorrow that I filmed today with the kid and he was I was like oh who are your finalists he's like I don't have any and I was like so <laughs> you just <laughs> you just decided you're going to commit to this school he's like yeah yeah I've been thinking about it that's where I want to go I'm like so you went from you know nothing to one in a second and nothing's happened the kid's been sitting at his house you know pretty much just get bored I guess right so we watched the scheme last night uh Dave actually watched it twice, uh, which was crazy. So to me, for those who don't know, if you didn't watch it, go watch it. I guess you got two hours to kill. Basically, this was, you know, the story of the man behind this giant FBI investigation, which I thought was stupid the entire time it was happening. And I didn't really check into it to see why or what was going. I knew it was bribery or whatever, but I mean, when it was laid out for me, it seemed even stupider than I thought. So, Bossy, you were kind of, you know, you were dialed in when all this was going on. What, what was your take overall on the on the doc? Yeah, you know, um, we're talking about Christian Dawkins, obviously, because there's several aspects to the trial, and there are, you know, a few different trials. So they're just focused on his thing. And, you know, for the people who don't know, Christian is a aspiring agent. He's been... He didn't like being called a runner in the dock, but that's absolutely what he was. He's done management, he's done all kinds of things. I remember him when he was coming up with the Dorian's Pride AAU team. He had guys like uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Josh Jackson, you know, some, some pretty big name guys that were on the team that he kind of ran and, and got things going with. So he's been a mover and a shaker for a while and obviously did some moving and shaking that raised some serious antennas with, with the FBI and you know, obviously ended up with him now 
sentenced to what I think is a year and a day in jail for uh, wire fraud and all these things and you know all this craziness with trying to get him to bribe coaches so that the coaches can use that money to pay players and, and this and that and you know certainly a lot of stuff that I think I think the majority of our of our readers or anyone who would watch this podcast have a pretty good idea of some of the stuff that they at least think goes on with recruiting whether it be in football where it seems to be more the old uh, boot or handshake type cheating whereas in basketball it's more at least theoretically run by agents and financial advisors and shoe companies and stuff like that but getting to see it and having a, a guy who can certainly spin a story like Christian can to tell it is certainly some compelling tv but at least from from my end I, I don't think we learned anything out of it that hadn't already been heavily reported on by any means so to me I don't know anything about Christian Dawkins really he just seemed to me like a handler who just kept moving up and up and up. I mean, he had the he had the kids on the AAU team, right? Which, you know, if you're translating to football, it's you got seven, some guys. Right, yeah. I got my guys. I got my guys I'm training or whatever. Then, you know, he parlayed that into uh his deal with uh Andy Miller, who who, you know, was a did he get his agent thing like stripped because of all this? It was first. First thing he did was he signed uh, Peyton and uh, the other kid that were for Hood, Rodney oh, Hood. That's right? right. That's right. So he was a kid. He was like under twenty, and that's when another agency. I don't know if he he was with an agency at that point in time, and then that put him on Andy Miller's radar because he was so young and he had two first round draft picks yeah, signed with him. And so but Andy used him as a go a runner a go-between to go out and get the kids in the street level and bring them back. He was the recruiter. He was the bag man for Andy Miller. And Andy Miller has been thought to be heavily involved in grassroots basketball for years and years and years and years. I mean, it's, it's, it's not much of a secret that there are a lot of agents that help out with funding summer teams and, you know, with the hopes that it'll eventually come back around to, to get them players on the back end. And, you know, some of it's on the up and up, some of it, isn't we can only speculate and I'm not a big speculator because you know speculating on stuff like that probably isn't the wisest thing in, in, in our positions but you know clearly I think Andy Miller was certainly someone that they wanted to get to but I mean other than kind of mentioning him as someone that Christian worked for early on they left him out no one really knows what's happened though but I do believe he's been decertified as an agent yeah that's right yeah because I remember him being a, uh, having a lot of good guys in the NBA but so like this is not it's funny because i was watching it and i was like man this guy christian reminds me of this dude i know <laughs> on the football side and i was like that's what he does uh because i'm not really sure what his job is or who he works for and he's always around and now you know it sort of makes sense on that end but uh ba basically you know so the, the fbi decides hey we're gonna we want to get we want make a big splash apparently dave you can talk about this how did you think it set up from the point of okay christian was on their radar like like bossy said because he moved up real quickly and was around uh you know some prominent guys he had the he had the uber thing which i want to talk a lot more about but how do you think it happened that they ended up going to him how was he the fbi target well, I remember when all this broke, it wasn't all centered on Christian Dawkins. So with this documentary, 
you're just seeing Christian Dawkins' perspective of things, right? But when the investigation really started, it was it was supposed to be bigger than this. This was the we got your playbook. We're about to bring down the NCAA. They wanted Sean Miller, Will Wade, or Rick Pitino. Okay, so Louisville was already in the middle of a bunch of scandals. And what happened was this Marty Blazer guy starts ripping off his clients to make that trash uh, Ving Rhames movie, right? <laughs> so he's defrauding all these people with this money, and he's funneling it. You know, he's misappropriating funds, and so the feds find out and they get him and here's how the feds work what they do is they they work their way up the chain so they they pop somebody who you know isn't really that high profile isn't that big of a deal and then he starts talking about things that he knows right so that's called a proffer so a proffer is all right um you're charged with the crime we're going to have a pre-trial conference if you would like to come in and talk to us and give us some information we'll be more than happy to listen to what you have to provide, right? So um, in order to get a deal, you have to give substantial assistance that leads to an arrest or conviction, whatever the prosecutors specify, okay? And then if they, very rarely do they allow you to operate the way that Blazer did as a confidential informant, okay? So he says, I know this guy named Ganusha, or whatever his name was, um, who who's finances, you know, these kind of dirty deals with big basketball players and uh there's this other guy Dawkins and he's connected to all the coaches so the FBI thing and this is the southern district of New York right so I may I'm a federal lawyer I'm I practice in the eastern and the western district of Kentucky and you know you aspire to get up there to New York because those are big time you know six-figure cases right I mean we're talking isn't that where uh what's his name Harvey Weinstein was you got Martha Stewart you know all the high profile cases this one they all come out of there that's like the the east coast big time Hollywood department of the uh, United States um prosecution wing so they're like that's big time and yes we'll we'll work with you so you don't go to prison if you give us substantial assistance right so you see him in there in these videos he's he's working in conjunction with the uh jeff d'angelo um guy who's the fbi agent who set all this up so as time goes on they get Dawkins to commit some crimes um there i think that there's it was borderline entrapment um, but ultimately they arrest Dawkins, they charge, they indict him, um, with a laundry list of things. They're all trumped up and they're in the hotel room saying, look, if you work with us, you won't go to jail. And he's like, I ain't gonna go to jail for behind this. Am I? And they're like, well, the judge will decide that he says, I want a lawyer. They arrest him. Then they have the press conference and they come out there and they're talking cash money stuff, right? They're out there like, we got your playbook. He was like, the madness that goes on in March extends well beyond the tournament. It's, just, it's like some real corny puns. And prosecutors- oh, It was like a bad movie about recruiting. When oh, it's awful. <laughs> that I mean, speaking. It was no blue chips. But um, when they, that's how prosecutors are, though. They're very dry. They're bureaucrats, right? So when they try to be funny, it's only funny to other prosecutors. Kind of like when head coaches think they're funny, it's only funny to other head coaches and stuff. So um, they couldn't they, – but here's the thing. Normally, people proffer. People will work with the feds because they're afraid of federal prison because the way the feds get you is they sit back and they investigate. It's not like your state police where they see a crime happening and they're like, oh, we have to intervene in this before someone gets hurt. No, they're, they're an investigation branch. They're not really like crime stoppers. They just sit back. They'll put their agents out there. They'll put their agents in the field to participate in the conspiracy in order to, you know, be on in, in the, in the trenches with these people so that they can testify. They've got the wires, they've got video camera, they get your phone. And next thing you know, you're screwed. You're nailed to the floor. Factually, you are screwed. And that's what 
Dawkins said in the documentary, you know, his lawyer was like, uh, I, I asked him, you know, what if they have your cell phone? And he goes, well, then I'm effed, you know, and, and he was right. So now the feds are thinking, we got this dude. He's not a real criminal. We're going to scare him with federal federal penitentiary time, real life fed time. And they trumped it up to where I think he said he was facing something like 60 some years. Right. So the average Joe is going to, is going to cooperate. Right. But Dawkins, you know, at the end the mom's reading the letter and he's like, I'm like Martin Luther King, Gandhi. I'm like Jay-Z. Uh, I'm Dick Clark. <laughs> One of these is not like the other, but, um, you know, he's, he said, and he said those people were revolutionary in their field. So he can't be revolutionary in his field if he brings the whole entire field down. I mean, if he testifies, you're bringing down this house of cards, right? Like the facade, he's just going to rip the facade off of the love of the game and amateurism. He's going to destroy all that. He can't because that's what he wants to do. So he fights it. And the Fed's whole case falls apart right there because without him, you can't get to the coaches. That's the way they set it up. That's why he was saying this business model that D'Angelo wanted to do made no sense because I don't want to work with the coaches. I want to give the money to the kid. Kid goes to, you know, wherever, Arizona, plays one semester and then goes pro. And then, you know, I give him 50 grand and I get back 500K. And that's a, in, the, in the time span of six months. This ain't college football where you got to be removed from high school for three years. You only got to play a semester in college and you go. So he didn't like the coach thing, but they needed the coaches because that's bribery of a public official because the coaches are public officials at, at these schools, right? So the, the way that they were thinking was, I'm going to get Dawkins on the hook and then he's going to call these coaches and then he's going to get them on these wiretaps talking about money, talking about players, talking about arrangements, doing all these things. Then I go out, I indict them, I kick down Rick Pitino's door, drag him out in his underwear, and I, I perp walk him down, down to the Southern District in New York. I'm the man. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to set myself up for a federal judge. You know, federal judges are appointed and they get $100,000 for life even after they retire. They're still making six figures a year, even when they're done. So those are the type of cases you want if you're a federal prosecutor, okay? So this is big time. All they got to do is get Christian Dawkins to flip. He is the bridge to getting... Uh, Wade, Miller, and Patino. The problem is he blows the whole thing up and says, no, I'm going to trial. I'm not going to proffer. I'm not going to cooperate. Had he cooperated, though, he gets on the stand. They introduce the phone taps through him. That's how they get that into evidence. They play it. And then they say, elaborate on this. Oh, yeah, the, this was uh, DeAndre Aiden. Um, Sean Miller gave him $150,000. Uh, uh, Will Wade wanted him, but I uh, was you know, bidding against each other. And, and he just blows the whole thing up. And next thing you know, Will Wade and Rick Pitino and them are going to prison. Those are the guys they wanted. They couldn't get them because – Christian Dawkins ain't no snitch. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, that's that's sort of the uh, the moral of the story. From his, he's willing to go to jail for however long, thir thirteen months or eighteen months, whatever it was, or whatever. He's appealing. Well, he's still on the hook for he's still on a hook for a year and a day. He's on appeal. They're going to lose those appeals. Right. He's just kicking a can down the road. I, mm -hmm. I found it interesting that the documentary didn't really include the shoe stuff the only thing we saw was him and his boy at adidas which i laughed so hard when he was like when when dawkins kept saying he doesn't want he's like he's like i don't want to give the coaches money basically he kept saying that over and over again he's like we don't need to do that it's stupid and right. then he then he calls his boy at adidas and he's like look they want to give money away we're taking money <laughs> yeah he said if you want to be santa claus and just give people money we might we might as well go to the strip club 
guy, the guy at Adidas was like, so we're just going to take these fools' money then? And he was yep. like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you, couldn't get, you couldn't get any of those guys in a documentary because they weren't, they don't, they don't care. Like, yeah, the, the Adidas trial was a totally separate trial, too. And, you know, the guys in the Adidas trial wouldn't roll on anyone either. So, you know. They got less time. They got, they seem like they barely. I thought like, they pled. Mm. Did they uh, go to Jim trial? Got, I know Jim Gatto got found guilty. Yeah, yeah. So he went to trial too, right? You know, yeah, but, so. But he didn't even get, like, I'm, I know any time in federal prison. Yeah, you know, like, like, and, you know, from this stuff, like. Gatto did. He got nine months. His time and is out and is, is back coaching youth basketball again and stuff. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's so hard, like, even for those of us who fought, have followed it closely and, and know all these people on this thing, like, keeping track of exactly who's been charged with what and what was actual evidence in trial, what wasn't evidence in trial, what was written in a Yahoo Sports article, what was written, you know, what was Gary Parrish's opinion, what was Dick Vitale's opinion, you know, there's so much going on that it's, it's so hard to keep, so hard to keep all together, but, you know, at least specifically to the scheme, you know, we got to see one side of the story, at least based on his opinion on how things went, and at least gives a little bit of a peeling back of the curtain into, into some of how this stuff may operate, but, you know, I think it's pretty clear at the end of the day that, um, you know, I don't think the, the big gotcha moment everyone wants to talk about is whether it be with Will Wade or, or Sean Miller, well, you know, does Arizona or LSU care? It doesn't appear to me that they do. And of course, you know, Dave, you're, you're an attorney. You speak to this, you know, like, look, I get it. People who don't like Arizona basketball or who don't like LSU basketball are all going to say Sean Miller, Will Wade is dirty self. Right. People who like LSU basketball, like Arizona basketball, are all going to say, that didn't say anything we didn't already know. That doesn't prove anything. You know, he could have just been, you know, you, you're talking to, uh, a hustler, you hustle him back. You know, he was just playing the game. You know, it's, it's plausible deniability on all this. And, you know, if you look, you know, LSU released a statement today that basically said, yeah, we're aware of the documentary, but, you know, big whoop. So, you know, anyone looking for that gotcha moment or for these guys to lose their jobs, you know, I don't think that's happening. And, you know, well, that's a battle if they try and fire these guys over this. It's, 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 it's a big mess, and it's basically whichever side you want to believe that's how you're going to believe it and no one's going to be changing your mind hey bill those phone conversations between wade and dawkins the attorney said they didn't get them in at trial is this the first time anyone's hearing those conversations um i i thought some of them had been in trial but you know a lot of that stuff has been reported on before in news articles and stuff like that so it's it's not a it's not yeah. anything that was new you know this was not nothing new yeah we saw uh we saw um, like some preview articles where they had like I, I definitely saw in the Arizona paper that was like oh his audio's out and this is it's not that bad or whatever. My my take was if you follow recruiting though I think a lot of this forget this FBI trial and all that stuff. It's actually not as bad as you think it is. the The way the system worked and the way he talked about. Like when, when he said how it works for him. <laughs> Sorry. How, when he said how it works, they like when he was talking to coaches and he says, I don't need the coaches to give players money. That's how these guys are who work with football players too. They call the coach 
and, and they also they also exaggerate their influence when he's like, I control high school kids, blah, blah, blah. Every every blabbermouth handler's like, I sent I sent Alabama five players. Nick Saban owes me, blah, blah, blah. No, like, no, no. The number one, the number one mantra of of a, a handler when he wants you to think he's the man is I could basically walk up in there and run practice. Yes. When Dawkins said that, I was like, how many times have I heard that, man? Right. It's like how common, how common is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when I come over there, I walk into Nick Saban's office, put my feet up on the table. <laughs> while like, drink his peanuts. It's, <laughs> drink his peanut coke. <laughs> Talk about a southern thing. Southern thing. Well, but it's just like, so a lot of that stuff, if you like recruiting, you could take it away completely and say, look, okay, Dawkins was a runner for an agent or was trying to be a marketing guy or whatever, all that stuff. And he was good. He was really good at his job. There's Damn no right. question about that. Like, to be as young as he was and the circles he was already moving in and the, the types of guys that he was able to, to get money out of, I mean, the dude was good. I mean, like, I, I knew that he was getting into the music business, but I had no idea he'd secured, like, a record label while he's hey. – Going through all this stuff, like, that's that's wild to me. Like, Dude, that like, guy, if, like, Jesus came back as a handler, it would have been in the form of Christian Dawkins. <laughs> he was 12 years old and created a website where coaches were paying $600 to read it and ranked himself the number one player in Michigan. <laughs> he, he was 12 years old and said, you know what, I can't play basketball too good, but I, I can get some money out of this. Like, that's my man. We, we should have hired him when he was 13 to, I like, know, run, man. A, run a team site. Him and Bill. <laughs> You keep calling Eric. You keep calling Bossy Bill. Eric, Eric, my bad. <laughs> it's because it's Bossy. Is it B? It's not the kind of respect I carry around Rivals.com. Well, I'm a football guy, man. I, my bad, Eric. My bad. Lackford's been known to get into the sauce a little bit. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sober. I, I haven't been drinking all day. I messed hey, around man. with some bourbon two days ago. It did, I, was, I forgot I had to stick to beer, man. So I just <laughs> killed the bourbon. I haven't been. I haven't had anything to drink in like three days now well it's tough on this uh quarantine life but anyway i think like it wasn't earth shattering it probably should have been about an hour or two like i mean i honestly could have been 15 minutes on real sports or something with <laughs> brian gumble but like it, it was some gave us something to watch but i think if you if you follow recruiting and you want to really know how it works like you know how does the money get paid and stuff like that now you know like it's not always the head coach of this, especially in football where there's more people around a program, the head coach has got plausible deniability at all times, you know, like they're not dealing with the, you know, the, the Christian Dawkins of the football world is not talking to Dabo Sweeney, you know, it's just not how, it's just not how it works. So, and there's different access levels. Like, you know, they were in Vegas where it was all supposed to go down bossy and, and the coach, they wanted the coaches to come in and stuff. I mean, it's so much. Are they not talking to? Are they? I'm well, some like, of, no, no, some of them. I think are. the high level ones are talking to everybody. I mean, that's how Dawkins was in there because it's it's who do I talk to? Who's the guy? You know, well, do that's I what, mom? Do I win dad? Do I win the AAU coach? Do I? You know what I mean? And some people are are connected that way to where they they find themselves slipping up the cracks. You know. Well, that's one thing that stood out when he was talking to Sean Miller, and Sean Miller said, "Hey, do I need to talk to?" whoever or whoever like 
that that yep. question, like whether that had anything to do with money, that gets asked of me when a coach calls me and says, who do I need to talk to? The, who's running the recruitment, the mom or the high school coach or the uncle or whoever? Uh, right. So so that just that those things gave people a window into recruiting that I don't think you would have gotten elsewhere. So other other than that, I don't know if there's much to take away other than uh, do we bossy. Do you think he ever gets back into basketball? I mean, I, um, given I the mean, fact that he didn't snitch, I mean, I don't see why. I've seen crazier things happen. You know what I mean? Like, it, not, not, nothing would surprise me. You know, um, you know, I, I don't know why, unless there's some kind of law. You know, you know, if he tried to go work for an agency or something, I, I would imagine that the NBA would probably frown on that a little bit, just considering all the heat he's he's brought and things like that. But, you know, I, nothing surprises me. You know, we see lots of people do stuff and get back into it. And, you know, if he does go to prison and he does serve his time, then, you know, he should be able to do whatever he wants. Now, obviously, I would think that you would, you would think there'd be a lot of buyer beware in terms of anyone dealing with him and certainly – as soon as you Googled his name, a whole bunch of stuff would come up. And if you chose to deal with him, then, you know, obviously there's a, there's a route that you <laughs> seem to be wanting to go with things. But the thing is, you know, the thing I, I do think these things always play. Yes. We all know there's, there's cheating out there. Um, you know, and I think Woody, Dave, you guys see this from message boards 10 years ago, every school fan base used to be like, no, there's no way we cheat. We all, we all do it the right way. Now, then it started turning into, oh, well, maybe we should cheat. And now there's a lot of, well, if we're not cheating, we should be doing it. You know, like, why aren't we doing it? But my, my, my point that I'm getting back to, which I guess I didn't even need to go into that, is that while there's certainly some cheating out there, I don't think it's quite as green as, it's not every single kid, okay? Not every single kid going to Arizona or Georgia, or Texas, or Tennessee, or Duke, or Kansas, or Kentucky, or wherever. Not every single kid going there is getting paid. Not every kid going there is getting paid $100,000. Not every kid going there who maybe did get paid is getting paid in a way that people think that they're getting paid. You know, it could be a guy who's been taking care of their phone bill all these years and then has some sway with them. You know, there's, there's varying levels of this, but it's certainly, it's, it's kind of an interesting look, at least how this one case the kind of access that this guy really did have, you know, like certainly he's not running college basketball and recruiting like he was animating, but he's got some juice too. Like, you know, the guy is connected with agents. He's connected with the college coaches. He's connected with a lot of assistants. I mean, you saw, you know, he was just parading one guy after another through that hotel room. I think it was in the Cosmo in Las Vegas. They didn't say it in there, but I'm pretty sure it was in the Cosmo because um, that's where every coach hangs out in Las Vegas. So that would be the only logical spot to put it. But you know, it is kind of eye-opening to see those guys coming through. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I, I like to be a professional body language judge sometimes. Like, it seemed to me like every coach that went through there was laughing at those guys. Like, <laughs> are you guys really this stupid? Like, this is how it's going to work out. And even you doctors, like, like, don't touch it. I'll handle the money. I'll take it. We'll go down and we'll have fun. You right. know, like, it was, it was a joke to them, you know. And – well, the coaches don't need money. They're millionaires. They don't need 50 grand. What, 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 what are they? Oh, uh, yeah, thanks, Christian Dawkins, for this $50,000. That was, that was the other thing was, like, how clueless 
were, were the FBI people to to go about this, you know, method. And he's like, I don't even need, I don't need the coaches. The coaches need me. Like he kept like, right? Like what he's what he what what the FBI couldn't get to their skulls, and I understand because they had a specific case they're trying to make is. The coaches are going to be loyal to him because if he has control over a kid, he's theoretically going to be placing kids places, right? Right. So if the coaches don't take care of a kid in that situation and, and like, try and keep the, keep the sharks at bay or, or keep the wolves from getting into the hen house, you know, at night mm-hmm. or the foxes into the hen house and, and don't make sure that that kid ends up back with that agent or runner, whoever we place them with, well, they're not going to get guys from him anymore. And – they're going to get blackballed by other runners too because they're going to be like, well, we don't want to send our guys to this school because they're not going to protect them for us. So, yeah, no, they, they don't need to be the ones to be paid. I'm like, I'm sure if, if a school wants to get down, they would much rather be someone than one of their employees paying for the, paying the kid and, and taking care of him going there. Because oh. you know? then, like, they could truly say, I, I didn't know. I didn't pay this right. guy. So, exactly. you know, it's just it's, the thing that was wild to me was that he knew something didn't add up all the way along. And, and Christian's clearly a bright, a bright guy. Um, but he wanted the money so bad. He, it just, the thirst for that money won out over everything. And, you know, I, 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 my mind was blown at the end when he was like, yeah, you know, I still had $90,000 of their money. I, 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 that one, I don't know what the legal ramifications of that are, but I don't know if I'd gotten busted in an FBI sting. And I realized that I had stolen money from the FBI. I probably wouldn't have bragged about it in the documentary. It's over though. They already they already ran him through for all that stuff for all those sequence of events. Double jeopardy. They can't get him anymore. Yeah, I guess you got point. But I think the other funniest part was <laughs> he was talking about getting busted, and he said that he had stripped down to his jeans like an R and B singer. Like at that moment, <laughs> I got your videos running through my mind, and I'm just imagining Christian Dawkins and this thing like swinging a u-chain around his neck and doing like dance moves or singing like r kelly or something because he, he painted such a great picture of it i'm like man me i i would have been out you know like people could say what they want but like you say like you know people are gonna mess with him when he gets clean of this stuff because they know he's not a rat right you know? but Whatever it's, gonna hard, it's gonna be hard to get a legitimate job and maybe the music right? industry that may help him out i don't know because i mean if people think recruiting is dirty you know, it's got nothing on the music industry. <laughs> so, you know, it's, again, it's an interesting thing. No bombshells. If you think everybody's dirty and you wanted your, and you wanted your um, smoking gun, you got it. If you don't think anyone's dirty and you, and you thought this was just a bunch of BS, you got that too. So it's basically whatever mindset you go into this with, you're going to leave out of it with the same thing. And, you know, that's why, People get on me sometimes. Well, why don't you try to expose it or whatever? I'm like, well, it's not my job. <laughs> you know, one, I'm not an investigative reporter. But two, you know, if I did that, half the people are going to hate me and half the people are going to love me, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be nowhere. That's just not what I want to do. You're like, hey, God bless the people who do investigative journalism. It's it's not for me. But you know, you're not going to change people's minds if they think one way. They're going to think that way after pretty much no matter what you say. So. You know, that's why I'm not into a big, like, well, I think this or I think that about, it. you know, it was a couple hours of entertaining television, Arizona and LSU have clearly put, put their flag in the ground and, and stated how they feel about it. And, you know, that's, that's where we are with it. 
you don't think it's a, you don't think there were shocking moments to people that aren't like us that cover this? I mean, there weren't not everyone is dialed in and is focused and oh, as yeah, I mean, the ground as we are, you know, like some people are sitting there like, wait, this is Sean Miller, the coach of the number one team in college basketball, talking to some twenty two year old handler about some offer for one hundred and twenty five grand. I mean, to oh. me, I didn't follow it that closely because oh. I don't care about college basketball and I was sure, but the person, I live in Louisville but I was shocked at that I was like yeah, man how dumb is Sean Miller to be talking on the phone like that to somebody like that's a that's a conversation you have outside you know after you pat the guy down right you right well so here's, here's how I look at that you're right you make a good point there are a lot of people watching who don't know as much about it. now I'd say that the majority of their audience at least on this first run was people who do follow this stuff, you know, and especially with no sports going on, like it's, it's something people have been looking forward to for some, for some time. Right. But like to the average person who doesn't follow it or anything like that. Yeah. It's a shock, but it's probably only a shock until the next thing they see on Twitter about something from a news conference about Corona that they either disagree or agree with has blown up on Twitter and, Whatever they saw Sean Miller or Will Wade say the night before, you know, it's only lasting in their mind for about 15 minutes. It's, it's on to the next thing. So, you know, <laughs> goldfish you can hook that group of people who doesn't really care and get them to care, then we're opening up an entire new conversation. But at the end of the day, the vast majority of supporters of Arizona athletics, which is who the Arizona AD cares about, or who any school's AD cares about, are still supporting their guy. So he's still going to have a job unless something new came out that was just so astounding that there's no way to, to still defend them. But, you know, as it is, it's, they can still defend them. There's, there's nothing in it that they didn't know was coming out. And, you know, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, you know, that's the deal. It's, it's where we are. I, I would personally, for me, I mean, you know, we call them headset sniffers, uh, you know, the people who, like deify these football coaches if they could hear conversation like if there was a wiretap like on you know christian dawkins the equivalent in in football and you could hear the coaches talking like you heard miller and wade i mean that'd be such a huge blow to football coach twitter i don't know if, i don't know if they could yeah, it's, it's it's you know look anyone who's working in any form of business coaches or salesmen right salesmen yeah. have to cater to their audience and they have to play the game with those guys. Sometimes they're really playing the game. Sometimes they're just playing the game on the phone and just BSing with the guy because, you know, they don't want to be ruled out on the first phone call, right? So you got to like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to get him. You know, he's our guy. You know, whatever you need, we got you. Well, you know, that can mean a lot of different things, right? And these guys are all pretty good about operating that area. I'd say the only thing that maybe surprised me a little bit was, like in the Will Wade audio, like Dawkins wasn't egging him on at all. He's just like, yeah, uh-huh. It's almost like, you know, like, I don't know if Will was like, finally, I got someone I can get this off my chest to, whatever the situation may have been. He was, he was selling. He was to brag about it or what. And that was the only one that to me was like, like, he didn't even have to be goaded into it or like walked into it. You know, it's not like, hey, there's nobody who works in news anywhere that hasn't had to interview a guy and like, to get something out of them, you even have to frame softballs almost as you can get someone to re repeat it back to you. Like, like, hey, man, like, 
you're, you're, you can really pressure the ball defensively and you, you get into passing lanes and you're able to ignite the break on the other end. That's kind of what you do, right? And the kid will say, yeah, you know, I pressure the ball and I get into passing lanes and, and I start the fast break. And like, okay, I've got something. Like everyone has, has dealt with having to do that. But, you know, that certainly was not the case in this thing. You know, like he was ready to talk and he probably said too much. Like, I mean, this isn't an ideal thing for LSU certainly and, or, or Will Wade, but, you know, clearly it's not something they think they can't recover from because they've kept him and, you know, he's continued to recruit just fine. So it's certainly – Kids don't care. Um, the parents or coaches of kids sending guys, those guys don't care. And at the end of the day, if you're a school and you're a fan base and you're a coach, like it's not impacting the bottom line and being able to operate your program, then clearly it's business as usual. And, you know, maybe that eventually opens up an entirely new discussion of, hey, we need to just stay to hell with it and, and get these kids paid, which I'm pretty sure everyone on this call would agree with all that. Yeah. But they'll still be cheating, even if it's legal to pay kids, because they'll be they'll always, no matter what rules you set, people are going to find a way to cheat around it. I mean, that's just a fact of every walk of life. That could be on the stock market. That could be in law. That could be in you know, recruiting guys for you know for Apple or Microsoft or whatever. That's just that's just the way it is. But you know, certainly things like this, if anything, things like this do help to move the conversation along. Of you know why are we treating these guys as amateurs when it's more and more clear that, you know, calling them amateurs is a joke? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think we all probably wanted a little more. Like I saw some people on Twitter was like, this is a waste of time. It's like, well then shut it off. I don't think no one's, <laughs> no one's making no one you watch it. Gunder had making you watch it. Woody has all the answers, man. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the hey, hey, you're entitled to your opinion, you know, say, Hey, I feel like, once you say it's a waste of time and you thought it was a waste, then you've made your point. What else do you need to discuss about it? You know, right. I don't need a 30 tweet string from you telling me why it was a waste of time. You told me it was a waste of time. I know your opinion on it. So what, what, what are we talking here about? Cause you, cause you know what, ultimately this waste of time one, you know, it's kind of like when we talk about in the rankings, who complains the most about rankings? The people that say they don't matter. So they don't matter so much that all you do is talk about them, right? So it's, it's always vortex. funny when, when you see that kind of stuff. All right. Well, Bossy, we really enjoyed having you on uh, to talk about this. Hopefully we'll have you on in the future because we got nothing to really talk about. So we're going to be doing some movies or TV shows or whatever as we keep. We did the, we did the Tiger King the other day. Um, oh, I wish I could have been on for that. Yeah, we had... Uh, we got some really good feedback that people liked uh, Dave's uh, legal analysis about, you know, why the Tiger King went down. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> he got set up too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I really get, do think he would have killed her if he could. So, you know, he didn't, he didn't need much nudging. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's, she's getting a bad end of it now because Twitter's on, you know, social media is on her. Even OJ Simpson's on her. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know? remember, remember when we were talking about the Tiger King and you're like, how can they convict him when they put those non-credible witnesses on the stand? But look what happened. Look what happened to Christian Dawkins thing. They didn't even put the lead FBI investigator on the stand. They determined that Marty Blazer was more credible and they convicted him with Marty Blazer, who the whole thing was started by because right. he was about to go to prison and he said no 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 don't put me in prison i can help you put other people in prison so i'm telling you i can get, I can get you witnesses on the stand. so 
uh, also bossy. We talked about on that podcast about how my uncle Fred had a pet bobcat when I was a kid, and my mom, <laughs> my mom wouldn't let me go over there. And then uh, I was reminded after we recorded the episode that when I was a baby, that my parents had a pet wolf. Wow. <laughs> so, and <laughs> and they got rid of it after it bit me uh, on the arm when I was a kid. How do you, you, you forgot the lead. You didn't bury it. You just totally forgot it well, because that's how chaotic your life is. Wow. I, yeah. It's funny because my we've seen wolves a couple times driving down the street, and I've always told my youngest daughter that if she can catch the wolf, we can keep it for a pet. And Oops. here you are. You're the lucky kid who actually had a wolf for a pet. Guys, all right. You want to know what it was named? <laughs> Wolfie. Wolfie. <laughs> you look like a wolf right now. Oh, man. Wolfie. I'm going to tell you guys, my Uncle John's, uh, the dog, the name of his dog, which I cannot say on this show, but it's uh, very funny. Well, I'll tell you guys about that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Woody Womack family hour. And can we get a shout out to, we're talking about all this, like, paying players, and just shout out to the OGs who see Eric's background and know who that is. I know who it is because I'm from across the bridge over there, but. <laughs> I, had to yeah. come I had to come up with for those who know it's, it's Dewan Wagner who is my favorite high school basketball player of all time and his son Dewan Jr. is currently probably the number one player in the freshman class in the country which is pretty wild for me because Dewan was a senior when I first started doing this and now I'm talking about <laughs> maybe ranking his kid number one in the country so you know I had to show a little a little love to one of the guys who was around when I very first started you know, Dewan actually made me some money, too, because he was playing for the Cavs in that NBA Summer League in Orlando, and I was getting that freelance cash for the plane dealer or whatever the newspaper. <laughs> it all comes full circle. That's right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're, reminder, you can watch the show on YouTube now. Of course, find us on iTunes, and we're going to probably promote this a little better than the last one. So uh, you can follow Bossy on Twitter at EbossHoops. Dave is at Rivals Dave, and I'm at Rivals Woody. So it's real simple. Leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, thanks for watching and listening.